Good morning. The Old Testament reading for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost is from Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 24. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my people, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture? and to drink of clear water, that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet. And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet, and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with the side and shoulder, and thrust at all the weak with your horns, till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock, they shall no longer be prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them, and he shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord, I have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the sermon this morning is our gospel reading from Luke chapter 15. Uh, as I say, the, the gospel reading, but uh, specifically here, representing that reading, these words. He told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. My dear Christian friends, uh, I think it's been over a hundred years maybe since uh, the first radio broadcast that there have been messages in the form of uh, advertisement directed to a mass audience. General appeals to buy this or that item, to buy this or that brand of item. Advertisements over the years have been refined uh, so that they target specific markets, like uh, specific areas of the country, even specific age groups that might be listening to such and such radio station or watching a certain TV show. But in recent years, we know that uh, software has been developed that tracks your online purchases, even tracks your online searches. And do you know that uh, they have toyed with the idea of even tracking your eye movements through your laptop camera so that they know what you're looking at on the screen, not even what you're clicking on. Advertisements now are being targeted specifically to you based on your searches and on what you are interested in. 
So in this age, where everything seems to revolve around you and around me, as we look this morning at the words of Jesus, it might surprise you to hear me say that the parable is not about you. And it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about God. It's a parable about incarnational love. A love that comes down physically into God's own creation. These are words about the love of God, a love that seeks those who are lost, those who are estranged from God. And Jesus speaks these words in response to the Pharisees and the scribes whom we are told are grumbling. Luke says they're grumbling because tax collectors and sinners are coming to Jesus and he's not sending them away. He was not distancing himself from them as he should have been. This man receives sinners. He receives them. He welcomes them. He talks with them. He eats with them. And so Jesus tells them a string of parables about the love that God has for sinners. Two in our reading this morning, directly following this, the prodigal son parable, which is probably one of the most famous parables, a story about the steadfast love of God and about his desire to forgive sinners, to give them the kingdom. Now I said a few minutes ago that this parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin were not about you and me. They are parables about God, about Jesus, and that's true. But it doesn't mean that we're not in the parable somewhere. <laughs> and I would point out that we are, in fact, in... Let's, we'll just look at the, the one parable here. Uh, we're in the parable about three times, counting the, the beginning of our reading. The first place that you and I are found is not actually in the parable, but right before it. We are the reason that the Pharisees and the scribes are grumbling. You and I are in there as the reason that they are grumbling. We can find ourselves standing there with the sinners that Jesus is welcoming, the ones with whom he's associating, the ones that he's eating with. Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And this morning we also read Paul's words to Timothy the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Every one of us was born sinful. And that explains a lot, doesn't it? It explains my selfishness, my evil desires, my evil thoughts, my grumbling about this or that. It explains my fear. It explains my anxiousness, my seeking to go my own way. 
And Paul writes, of course, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And as sinners, we stand there together with the tax collectors of Jesus' day. They, of course, were considered to be traitors who willingly worked for the occupying Romans, Jews who defrauded their brothers and sisters, who took more from them than was necessary, who got extremely rich doing so. So if you're looking for yourself in the text, there you are, standing with the tax collectors and sinners who are drawing near to Jesus. And as sinners, we draw near to him today. We, we've come here today to hear Jesus speak, just as they did in the scripture. Just like in our text, Jesus today receives us, welcomes us, invites us to hear his word, calls us to repentance. Even in some sense, maybe we could say, shares a meal with us. And there is joy today. There is joy over every sinner who repents of their sin, who receives God's full and free forgiveness. And we can find ourselves in a second place uh, in our text today, this time in the parable, as the object that is lost. In, in the case this morning here, we want to look at the, the sheep. We are that sheep who is lost. What does it mean that that sheep is lost? It means, of course, that he has wandered away from the shepherd. He's not listened to the shepherd's voice. The sheep has gone its own way, sought its own course. It was, has not followed the voice and the direction of the shepherd, but rather it has followed the musings and the inclinations of its own heart. And now it has come to a place where it has no food, has no water, and has no safety from the attacks of the evil one. And the sheep cannot find the shepherd, does not know where to look, does not know which way to turn. The sheep cannot redeem itself, cannot undo what it has done, cannot remove its iniquity. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, Isaiah says in chapter 53. The sheep is lost. The sheep is lost to God, lost to heaven, lost for eternity. There is nothing the sheep can do to reverse its condition. If the shepherd does not go looking, the sheep will remain forever lost. But of course, the shepherd does go and search for the lost sheep. He seeks it out. And then when he finds it, he puts it across his shoulders. And he bears the lost one home. You'll notice that I didn't read all of that Isaiah passage, did I? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. These parables are not about you, they're not about me. They are about the God who loves lost sinners. 
They are about the one who comes to stand in the place of lost sinners. See, that last little bit in there in Isaiah reveals something about God. It reveals something much more about the story of the shepherd and about our lostness. Because it's not just a matter of the shepherd finding us and taking us home. Our lostness means that we belong to someone else. Not only have we gone astray, not only are we not in the shepherd's fold, but because of our sin, we belonged to the enemy. We were in the kingdom of Satan. And so the shepherd must not only find us, he must redeem us. He must pay an awful price if he is going to bring us back into his flock. We cannot minimize sin. It will be the eternal death of us unless the shepherd can set us free. Free from the wages of that sin. Free from the guilty sentence that must be handed down to all sinners. Unless the shepherd takes your guilt and your sin upon himself. Unless he suffers the punishment that was rightly mine we will remain lost forever. Rescuing lost sheep requires the loss of the life of the shepherd. The shepherd searches for the lost sheep. He finds the lost sheep. He places the burden across his shoulders, not just the burden of the sheep itself, but the burden of that sin of the sheep the burden of the guilt and the condemnation and the death of the lost sheep, of you and of me. That entire burden was laid across the shoulders of the good shepherd. Before the shepherd can lay the lost sheep across his shoulders, he has to first lay the cross on those same shoulders. And he must climb that hill and he must lay down his life for the sheep. And so it's not about you and it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the love of a father that would send his son to seek and to save the lost. These parables are about a love that would cause the shepherd to go searching for lost sheep at any and at all cost to himself. And God says to us through the prophet Ezekiel, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. I will bring them out from the peoples. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. It's all about him. All about him and what he will do. And now, for us, it's all about what he has done. Jesus Christ has taken our sin and our guilt and our shame into himself. And he has suffered on the cross, died and risen from the dead, all to pay for our waywardness. Once you were lost, but now you are found, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, rescued from the kingdom of the evil one, and brought back into the flock of God. <laughs> Which brings us to the third place. 
that you'll find yourself in your text this morning. And when the shepherd comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Here we are. We find ourselves this morning gathered together, the communion of saints, the holy Christian church, rejoicing with God and with the angels over any sinner who repents of their sin. Christ died for all. Because God's love is for all. For all of the selfish sinners. For all of the wayward, wandering sheep. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Thank God that it's not about you and that it's not about me. It's about Jesus and the powerful, sending, saving love of God. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>